Hello and welcome to Resale Queen Chronicles. I am Tiffy T, the Resale Queen, your host. So we have a subject matter today that I get asked about a lot. And it's sometimes hard to put it all down. I did write a blog post, so I will put a blog post in the description box so that you can read that at your own leisure. But I'm going to go over everything and give a little bit more explanation about the topic. So the topic of today's show is what to do with broken or damaged inventory. I know you hear me talk all the time about how selling things that are broken can be profitable in the reselling business. And you may say, okay, that sounds all well and good, but how do you go about that? What 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 do I do with it? I I I don't understand. So, and also the other thing that that is that this pertains to is also if you happen to get what they call a salvage load. Now, a salvage load, like a salvage pallet, is normally gonna be everything's broken. Either it doesn't work, uh, parts are missing are going to be problems with every item. I don't suggest that something that you embark on until you have more time in this resale game. Reason being, everything is going to require some work. But from time to time, when you get a regular pallet, whether it be customer returns, even um, what they call shelf pulls, which I find hilarious, that's another another conversation. When you get those things, from time to time, you're going to have things that are broken or damaged. So I'm going to go over what I feel are some things that are important for you to, to actually do with them. So first things first, if you happen to get clothing, to me, clothing is the simplest thing to deal with. When it comes to clothing, you may have a stain you might have a messed up zipper or you might have a button or two missing. Those are things that if you're not, don't have a good sense of how to repair, you can just really go on YouTube and see, how do I sew a button if you don't really know? Uh, how do I fix a zipper if you don't really know? Then you can just decide if you're going to put that type of effort into the clothing. You can also take damaged clothing, uh, some some of it, some not all of it. Like I wouldn't take damage. I wouldn't actually denim. I was going to say I wouldn't take damaged denim and cut it up and make like rags. But denim now, for some reason, the more distressed, the more people like it. It's a trend. I don't get it. But hey. I'm a mom. We don't do those things. Other things are if you have stains, um, you can just wash those out um, according to, you know, according to what the material is. One of my favorite things that I use for stains is Clorox too. I get, I use unscented. Anytime I am dealing with clothing that I want to resell, I make sure whatever products I use are free of dyes and scents. Not, beca not because I feel people have allergies or anything like that, or 
um, trying to make it extra special. It's just, you just never know how one whiff of a tide <laughs> or a gain laundry could send someone off to say, oh, but I can still smell the detergent, yada, yada, yada. Just use detergent that is free of dyes and perfumes. They have them. Sometimes they're a little bit more expensive, but that's what I suggest. And that's real simple. That's, that's the easy stuff. Then you're going to also have um, just regular things that could just be broken that you know that you can't use. So let's say like you have dishware broken. You have just a gadget that's just completely broken. And it's just in pieces, not something that is salvageable that you just cannot use. I have seen, I have not done this myself, but I have spoken to other people that I know in the business that will take what they just call raw material. And they may be able to make just a tiny, tiny bit of money off of it or they might donate it to like a local arts community because an artist may be able to take that raw material and do something with it. I personally have not done that, but I have spoken to other people that have done those type of things. So this is something to put out there. Of course, you can always just throw it in the trash. <laughs> that too. But if you want to make a buck and make as much money as you can or help help out or you want to recycle instead of throwing things in the trash, that's a good way to recycle it. Just, just saying. So I want to move on to the big stuff, the electronics. Now, this is the part where I want to say that you, you want to pay attention to because I want to go over a, a couple things when it comes when it comes to this. All right. So I'm going to break this down to like two different types of products and like like kitchen gadgets. So for example, let's say like a, a coffee maker. Okay. Coffee maker is the best example for this. Let's say you get the coffee maker. Coffee maker works, but the pot or, with, or as they call the carafe that the coffee goes into, let's say that's cracked and you can't, it's not salvageable. You can't sell it. You have several options. You can either sell the coffee maker as is say that the carafe is not part of it because the carafe is broken, but the coffee maker works. Or you can go right on eBay and try and find the carafe that goes with that particular um, coffee maker. Those are real simple, real simple things that you can do. Uh, is going right on eBay and finding the missing part to your item, and then you can sell it as sell it as what it's supposed to be what it was intended for. I We do that all the time. My husband is really good about that. He will see something, go, oh, it just needs this particular piece, that particular part, and he'll search out to find it. Normally, eBay is the place to find things like that. Get it, polish it up. Now you have a full item, a full product that you can that you can sell and make money off of. Might cost you a little bit of time, cost you a little bit of money. But we are not into this to get rich quick because anyone that thinks you get rich quick doing this, sorry, that's not how that works. <laughs> so, the next thing, uh, speaking of like electronics, 
I'm going to talk about something that we have done, a practice that we have, uh, like for TVs. Now, you may be thinking, like, if you think about, like, uh, like if you buy a TV or you get, like, a vacuum cleaner, you know, you open up the package and you will see, like, this little card that says, do not return this to the store. Please call this number or go to this website if you're having a problem with, uh, with this product. So what that is basically telling you to do is to follow the manufacturer's warranty process. Now, I want to tell you up front, most times some of the damage that, uh, that happens to, to inventory during the process of it getting to you may not be covered. So I just want to put that out there. So like, for instance, uh, for example, with television sets, most manufacturer warranties will cover functional issues. They are probably not going to cover physical issues. So you're saying, well, what does that mean? Let's say the volume button doesn't work. Or there is a problem uh, with the the cord that, that goes that's that's attached to the to the TV. That's something that is has is a problem with the functionality. If you have a cracked screen, that's probably not going to be covered because that's a physical damage to the item and they look at it as you broke it. It wasn't something that was a problem in the manufacturing of this product. So I'm going to talk to you two ways of how of how to get around this and how to work with this. So if you have a situation where it's a functionality problem, great. Then more than likely, it will probably be covered by the manufacturer's warranty. Every place, every situation is going to be completely different. So I'm just going to give you a streamline of how this works when you have like a broken TV. So you notice that the volume button doesn't work on the TV. Everything else is working fine. So you go through the process of contacting the, the manufacturer to go through their warranty process. Some places are going to ask you if you've registered the product or if you happen to have the receipt. You bought this through a pallet, so the answer to that would be no. You're not going to have a sales receipt. So they may ask you about the manufacturing date that is on the product and use that to determine whether or not the product is still under warranty. Every place has a different policy. I can say most places, I think it's about a two to five year window that they may cover. But then again, every place is going to have its own policy. So don't go off if you happen to have this issue. Don't go off saying, oh, well, Tiffy T said that um, uh, it's only going to maybe be like two years if if one happened to be for six months. I doubt it would be for six months. However, I'm just letting you know up front, every place is going to have their own process for this. So the way that you contact them, most places are going to have a phone number 
or a website address. Most places now are going to always have a website address. They may, if you, especially if you call, they may have you go through troubleshooting to make sure they can troubleshoot what the problem is and maybe have you fix it on your own. Follow this. Don't look at this as an annoyance. Follow whatever their suggestions are. And if it happens to fix your issue, perfect. Because you want to be able to sell your item. And if it's in good working order, condition, then you can sell your item. Okay. If for some reason the troubleshooting does not work, most places follow one or a few different sets of processes. One process may be that you will have to ship that product back to them. They will look over it to make sure that it is definitely something that falls under the warranty and they will either fix it or send back a refurbished item. When they do this, there is a possibility that they may charge your card. They may request to have a deposit, normally about $100 or so. That's basically just a safeguard, uh, safeguard them. Because if you really know that it's not going to be covered, you're not going to go through that process. They're going to put like a $100 authorization on your card and you follow whatever process that they have. Now, we have dealt with several companies. Some companies will ship out the refurbished TV first. And when you get the refurbished TV, you take the bad product and you ship it using the same uh, box and uh, box equipment box fillers and all that stuff. And they give you like a shipping label to, to send it back. Some other places may ship you a box to ship the product in. And then once that is received, they will send you a, ref, a refurbished item or they might fix the item. So according to what their process is. That is a normal way to handle any type of like manufacturer's warranties on, on, on products. Just a suggestion. I would do a quick uh, Google search to see where your product was sold. You may already know that because if you know the place where you're buying from that you have a relationship with to get your load, you probably already know where that load came from. Because they may ask, where was this purchased? Did you get the extended warranty? No, I did not. So that you can speak in a way that lets them know, okay, this is, this is something that is valid. Right? The other option is when it's physical damage and it's not going to be covered by any type of manufacturer's warranty. It does not mean at this point that you cannot sell that item or can't make any money off that item. This portion is going to be where you will need to decide if you feel comfortable disassembling the item. Now, you may say, well, how do I learn to do that? Well, there's this great website that has videos on it that you can find me at. 
it's called YouTube. And you do a simple search, how to disassemble a TV, how to disassemble this. You would never believe how many <laughs> videos there are about things like that, of people disassembling things. Now, you do need to have a comfort level with this. If you don't have a comfort level, then you're probably done. If you just want to check it out and see how it works, maybe not go through the process to actually sell, you want to just get a little experience, you can do that too. Now, when you do that, you want to check to see which parts are actually salvageable that you can either sell for parts. So let's, for instance, I love using the TV because that's normally where the situation occurs for us. Let's say you turn the TV on, it has a cracked screen, but it works. It lights up inside, the volume works, all of that stuff works, except for the fact there's a crack on the screen. Now, if you happen to feel comfortable trying to repair that or go through a process to repair that, that is on you. I don't suggest that unless you have a comfort level. But you can disassemble the TV since now you know that it works. And I would suggest searching on YouTube for parts to that TV so you can see the parts that are needed for that TV that people are probably going to buy. Now, when this happens, understand Parts take a while to sell. That might be sitting there for a while. That's going to be what you call your stale inventory. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, I sold that. That's been there for a while. Six, seven months, maybe a year. Doesn't mean that you can't make money. Just means you have to put a little bit of work towards it. So I hope I made that clear enough for everyone. If you have any questions on the process or, or I should say not just on the process because I don't make the process, but if you have any questions on my experience with the process, you can always reach out to me. Um, I can be reached at info at resellqueen.com. And these are just things that we've picked up that we have done uh, in the past with our, in our reselling journey. I just kind of want to just want to put like a, just a little disclaimer out there. Do not, once you disassemble something, more than likely the manufacturer's warranty is going to be void. So that is a last resort. And once again, it's all according to what your comfort level is. So we're just going to recap. We talked about clothing. You know, if you have damage, if you have problems with trying to figure out, you know, how to sew a button, how to fix a zipper, just go to YouTube. I'm not going to sit there and go through all that. You go to YouTube. There's, I'm sure there's some happy sewer person on YouTube that can show you how to do that. Uh, if you have a kitchen gadget or something that maybe one part works, the other part doesn't, you're going to buy the other part on eBay. That way you can sell it complete. Or if you don't want to do that, or if it's too expensive, you can just sell it as is and say, it's only this part of this particular product. You want to make that clear because some of these people, they do not read 
descriptions. They just see something and say, oh, I want that and don't read the description. Even if you put it as the listing that this is not a complete coffee maker, you the carafe is missing. Just those type of disclaimers. Next is when you have like some electronic devices. Follow the manufacturer's uh, troubleshooting process. You will, if you, if it qualifies the issue with it, you follow the manufacturer's process to have that product restored for you. If that does not work, then you have the last uh, thing of disassembling the product and maybe selling parts, selling it for parts. I'm suggesting that more with TVs. Uh, when it comes to like cell phones and things like that, we actually really don't go through that, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but there's actually, you can just do a quick search. There are places that will fix like your phone screen and things like that. Those things can be done easy and quick and you can, you'll be able to, to, sell, to sell your item. So that is that. So, and we will be right back after this. Shipping can be complicated and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to ShipStation, a web-based shipping software for online retailers. Import orders from wherever you sell and create labels for however you ship, all in one place. With our powerful automation tools, mobile app, and branded tracking page, you can focus less on shipping and more on growing your business. With ShipStation, you save both time and money. Let's get shipped done. Get started with ShipStation today. Click the link in the description box to receive a special discount from ShipStation. Tax season is full of what ifs. What if I'm not taking all my deductions? What if I'm supposed to get more? What if I don't have time to go to a professional? Let One Stop Taxes take the stress out of this tax season. Our tax professionals can give you a quote in minutes using the My One Stop Taxes app, found in the Apple Store or Google Play. Using your cell phone or tablet, take pictures of your ID and tax documents. Select your tax preparer's name, upload your documents, and submit. It's that simple. Your preparer will send you a customized tax quote back. Then you can approve it and sign your return all from home. Need cash fast? Request a cash advance and you could receive your money within hours. Download the My One Stop Taxes app today and let us do the rest. Download the free One Stop Taxes app today. Get your free quote. Choose Tiffany Tracy as your tax preparer to receive your free quote. And we're back. Welcome back to Resale Queen Chronicles. I am Tiffy T, your host. And now it is time for reseller news. So we're going to talk about a few different things that have been going on within the past week or so, updates to platforms, and things that you should know. Okay. Huh. It was reported, uh, I'm going to say about a couple of days ago, that there was a data breach on the Shop Goodwill auction site. So Goodwill, uh, they put out a tweet uh, uh, to their customers informing them that some of their personal contact information was exposed to an unauthorized third party. This contact information includes your first and last name, email address, phone number, and mailing and mailing address. This letter also said that while the third party ass assessed buyer contact information, 
they did not access your shop Goodwill account. Hmm. The data exposure impacted 14% of the total shopgoodwill.com customer base. Hmm. Oh, wow. The Goodwill. So that's what happened there. Uh, I would like to add, though, the Goodwill has, they have like these drops on Friday um, where they have like these, uh, I forget what they call them. There's like little bundles of different things. Like I should say different categories. So like I actually end up getting some comic books fine. And they're all really, um, it's really all the stuff that's been donated to them that they are not processing to the store. So like sometimes I'll have a bundle full of t-shirts and there'll be like ratty t-shirts, you know. Um, they have like a bundle of like sports gear. Um, they have... Uh, watches. Now, most of them are really broken and stuff like that. But I mean, once again, what we talked about today, you can go through the process to kind of learn about about that. You know, it's going to take time, but they sell the stuff so cheap that it's kind of worth your time to maybe work on one or two of the things that you get and they'll, they'll, pay, they'll pay it back for you. So that's what happened at Goodwill. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, I have lots of eBay updates. I'll leave those to last. So uh, I saw this about a couple days ago. So Amazon is going to be opening up like a brick and mortar clothing store. Now, if I'm right, I believe when I saw this, this is going to be in like California, like in LA somewhere. Uh, but I don't know what this is about. I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, I'm, I will say as a person that buys a lot of clothes online, I do like to be able to touch and feel and try on my clothes. Uh, so here, Amazon explains using the touch stream, they can rate items to get new picks in real time and request more styles and sizes to be delivered to their fitting room closet in just minutes. This fast delivery is made possible by Amazon Styles on-site operations with advanced technologies and processes using used in an Amazon fulfillment centers. Ooh. So Amazon Style, they said, is built around personalization. Our machine learns learning algorithms produce tailored real-time recommendations for each customer as they shop. Hmm. Interesting. So you can use the Amazon shopping app while you're in the store, like an item, and it will be brought to uh, to the fitting room. Hmm. That's Amazon. Interesting. So we have a few things going on with eBay. So we have another eBay seller getting arrested for doing things they shouldn't be doing. eBay seller pleaded guilty to selling $3.2 million in stolen goods. An eBay seller pleaded guilty to selling stolen goods and will be sentenced on April 19, 2022. The charge of transportation of stolen goods in interstate commerce carries a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison and $250,000 fine. The seller owned and operated a pawn store in Rochester, New York. 
The feds say he and his employee purchased stolen goods and merchandise from individuals commonly referred to as boosters. Oh, they still use that term? We had boosters in high schools. Let me tell you. Okay, that's not a show. Anyway, who shoplifted the goods and merchandise from Rochester area retail stores. The pawn store owner routinely advised the boosters what type of merchandise to steal from the retail stores, such as Lowe's, Home Depot, Target, and Walmart, according to the Department of Justice press release, and then paid the boosters a fraction of the true retail value for the goods. The store owner listed the stolen goods for sale in eBay, advertising the goods as new or new in box and priced below retail value, according to the release, which said the sale added up to over... $3.2 worth of goods sold to buyers located outside of New York State between January 2017 and November 2019, Mm, right before the pandemic hit. Mm. The government noted that the store employee was previously convicted in connection to the case case and is awaiting sentencing. Man, mm, don't do these type of things. Now, I do wonder, though, if he made sales of 3.2 3.2 million. How much are those eBay eBay fees? Because that's not cheap. Wonder how they caught them. Interesting. <laughs> don't do these things. Don't get yourself in trouble. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Uh I think I don't think I talked about this, but uh oh no, I didn't. So I think some people have been noticing uh, since now that eBay has this managed payment system. Um, it used to be that uh, eBay, uh, they're moving everyone to the first of the month to pay your bill. Uh, it used to be like it was like on your anniversary date at one point, And then like it uh, started, then when they switched over, it started to be like on the 15th for some people. And then on the first So beginning March 1st of this year, eBay will generate all financial statements on the first of the month. Mm, Can I talk today? First of the month, which will cover activity from the first to the last day of the calendar month. We'll no longer be supporting the mid-month cycle for invoices and financial statements. I actually kind of like that. I I mean, everything, if you know it's due on the first, it's due on the first. Just makes, it makes more sense than your anniversary date. So since it's just them to move everybody over. Um, and let's see here. So eBay said that the move is mandatory and encourage sellers to update their processes in, in preparation for the change. For me, it's not a big deal. I notice when it comes out, um, it comes out of my available funds. So I, I you know, I when I'm not really a big fan of the managed payments to be quite honest with you, because I am used to my money going into PayPal and having access to the money instantly, I can replenish my my stuff quickly. With the way that it works now, the item gets sold. I'm going to say it's about a three-day process. And it might not be always three days because I. it's weird because I normally get an email about six, seven in the morning letting me know that um, my payment my payout is on its way. And normally the next day it's there in the morning. I have in the past have seen, especially on the weekend, sometimes um, I can get a payout 
and it will show, uh, I can get a payout on like Friday and it will show on Saturday. So I will say at least they are good with that, that it shows quickly at my bank, but I like being able to touch, to, I shouldn't say touch it, but use my money as soon as I get it. Just, so I'm getting used to that. I'm still not used to it. And let's see here, eBay, I am not, is uh, making some changes to their uh, authenticity guarantee program for trading cards. Now, I'm going to tell you full out, I am not a trading card person. That's not what I do. I believe they were, they had a company that they were dealing with before. Uh, so they announced, it was, let's see here, oh, yesterday. To, uh, from eBay, today we're announcing authenticity guarantee for trading cards. eBay's authentication service for individual, ungraded sports trading cards, collectible card games, and non-sports cards sold for $750 or more. Authenticity guarantee ensures you're selling with confidence, knowing that the professional authentic authentication team at the Certified Collectibles Group, which includes CGC, which is collectible game cards, collectible card games, sorry. Yeah, trading cards and certified sports guarantee will verify your card before sending it to the buyer, ensuring that you and your buyer are protected. eBay launched uh, authenticity guarantee for select categories in 2020, which we all know about with sneakers, watches, luxury handbags, and so forth. Um so the way that this process works. So if your item is eligible for authentication, a blue authentication guarantee checkmark will automatically appear on your listing. When a buyer purchases your item, you'll receive a confirmation email indicating the item was sold with authentic authenticity guarantee, which will also be noted in your order details in Sellers Hub. You'll ship the card to the authenticator and the card will go through a multi-point inspection before receiving a tamper-proof authentication sticker and a unique QR code. Then your item will be delivered safely to the buyer via four-day or less tracked shipping. At this time, all cards sold via auth authenticity guarantee requires a signature delivery smart. If you offer returns and your buyer chooses to return the item, the authenticator will inspect and verify it before they send it back to you, ensuring you get the same item back that was sent in the original condition. If you don't offer returns, the item will be deemed as final sale. At this time, only single ungraded sports trading cards, collectible game cards, and non-sport trading cards that sell for $750 or more are eligible for the authenticity guarantee. All right. So I it's a nice process, especially if you offer returns, because at least you know what you're going to get back is what you sold. That's, that's always an issue. I had a, a small issue with a person about a week ago, they bought something. I don't have any returns on listed on the item. However, if a person is, what's the word I want to say? Angry enough, or just, I just would rather get rid, get rid of the issue. What I will normally do is just refund them and, and move on with my day. Uh, this person didn't want the refund, they wanted to return and get the refund. 
I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not paying for you to return something to me. Something, especially it's something that I can't resell again. Or at least I should say I shouldn't resell again. <laughs> so, well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Um, today was a full day of learning, I would say. Uh, we talked about what to do if your items are broken. Uh, I hope I explained that well enough for you guys. In the description box of the podcast, I will have my blog post that where I talked about this in a little bit more detail. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can always email me at info at resellqueen.com. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, just type Resell Queen, which is R-E-S-E-L-L-Q-U-E-E-N. Uh, I also have a book. Uh, my ebook is called What the Hell Do I Sell on eBay? You can, uh, I'll have a link to that in the description box as well. This has been Resell Queen Chronicles. Guys, have a good one. Bye.